Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the NBA DFSA podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and ow, that one hurt. Um, if you listened to the last show, uh, some of those calls, good. Some of them, not so good. Uh, did not. Actually, I may, I may hit the money in one um, lineup I did tonight, but not looking so hot for me. I hope you did well. I hope you took the good plays that I suggested and surrounded them with not as bad plays as I did. Um, But, you know, even if you did not, let's get back to it. It's another day. It's another chance to to go get it. It's a four-game slate here for your Monday. Just some light work here, which is nice. I enjoy these smaller slates. It's been nice for, gosh, a while now. What are they going to hit me with another 12 to 14 gamer? I don't know. We've got the New York Knicks at the Boston Celtics here. And uh, there's some you know big spreads on this slate. Um, lots of heavy favorites. There are some teams on uh, back-to-backs. And I don't believe the Knicks or the uh, Celtics played. But let me just double-check. Um, and I'm not seeing that here, so I don't believe, uh, oh, the Knicks did play, the Knicks play the Hornets, so they are in a back-to-back here, so that would explain a little bit of why the Celtics are such heavy favorites here, uh, by eight and a half points, it's a 221 game total, I'm looking at DraftKings, so obviously these numbers will vary, but, uh, you know, that all makes sense, I don't have a problem with those lines, don't find anything wonky about them at all that I need to look into, so, uh, you know, I feel like we have a pretty good grasp here. Jason Tatum is one of those guys that's been kind of uh, looking at his props. is kind of priced up. Um, or I should say the pro- the numbers for like the points, rebounds, and assist totals and stuff like that is higher than you would expect. So it's enticing me to play the under. Um, the Knicks are on a back-to-back. I just... I mean, I think the Knicks can hang in this game, but I also do think the Celtics have the skill level to just take off with this game as well, make it an easy win so Tatum doesn't have to play so hard. But Tatum at 10,000 is definitely in my player pool. Um, I didn't end up with him here in my initial lineup, but things will surely change between now and lock. So make sure you get that DFS pass for 5 bucks at sportsethos.com so you can stay up to date on what we're doing with our lineups here. Um, obviously, you know, Derek White at 5,900 is a guy I've been going to left and right. Uh, I just, I don't love him here. I'm not going to probably end up with him, uh, in my lineups. Porzingis, because of his center eligibility at 7,600, center was kind of a tough, uh, position for me. I've got a couple guys I'm looking at and I've got in my lineups now, but, um, but I was looking at some Porzingis at 7,600 as well. I don't think that's an improper, you know, uh, Price tag for him. I think it's fine. That's really all I like on the Celtic side. Um, and it's, it's three guys, you know, so that's, that's quite a lot. Um, but the Knicks side, I do have interest in one guy that is kind of surprised some people. But uh, RJ Barrett at 6,500 does stick out to me here. And he's a guy that has been playing a lot better this season so far to start this season. Um, don't think I have an average here. Uh, yeah, I probably do, actually. So we're 37 point, uh, 33.6. Uh, DK points, fantasy DK points uh, per game on the season here. Uh, his price tag is 6,500. But he's put up games of 
40 plus recently. He's put up, uh, let's see, one, two on the season so far. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a giant ceiling here, but I do feel like there's a pretty pretty safe floor, honestly. And he is shooting the ball extremely well right now. Um, and with, with volume, 16 shots, 17 shots, 16 shots the last three games. And he shot over 50% in two of those games. Obviously, that won't always stick. He's also shooting it lights out from, the, from distance, so 50% better in the last four games, actually, for that. Um, but I do think, you know... I do think this can stick a little bit. I, I think R.J. Barrett's one of those uh, guys we just kind of forgot about because he just never really took off. And he's actually a really good basketball player. I do enjoy actually watching him play a little bit. I know that's going to make people a little uh, surprised. But I do think he's gonna coming around, turning a corner. Uh, Emmanuel quickly at 5,500 is another guy that does stick out to me if it is a back-to-back and they decide to play their bench players a little bit more. He did just score 38.25 in their last game. And I think he could, you know, have a similar uh, role here or a similar ceiling here if he gets, you know, 30-plus minutes because they decided to sit their stars because it's a blowout, excuse me, or because um, they simply just want to give their starters a little bit of rest for being on a back-to-back. Um, don't think I'm going to go to Brunson or, or, or uh, Julius Randle here. I think those are probably good tournament pivots, but I'm not landing on them. I don't feel super strongly about them. Uh, you know, now that RG Barrett's in, I, I'm not playing Josh Hart, so there's that. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, probably not against the Boston Celtics, so that's really all I like there is just, just RJ Barrett. Um, <laughs> that's all I really want. Uh, and, oh, and some quickly. Um, some quickly would be, would be good as well. So, uh, moving on, we've got the Washington Wizards at the Toronto Raptors, and, um, let me see here. It doesn't really matter who played yesterday because the Wizards, the Wizards did play yesterday uh, or today when I'm recording, um, but it really, it really doesn't matter. I, I think the Raptors are just gonna absolutely cream um, the Wizards. They want to win. Um, they haven't been playing super well recently. Uh, the Washington Wizards are pretty bad at basketball, so we've always got that going for us. So you know, I do think that this is a chance for them to kind of pop, uh, you know, pop them in the mouth a little bit. And uh, go out there and, you know, get get a good win against a very, very pretty lowly team. So I got some interest in some Raptors for sure. Uh, if we do project this to be, to get, well, obviously Pascal Siakam 8,000 is, is, is on the radar there. As well as Dennis Schroeder at uh, 6,600. I like both of those guys. But the guy landed on here that I'm really high on at this moment is Scotty Barnes. Um, not super, <laughs> uh, not much of a surprise there. He's been just absolutely lights out obviously he had a pretty rough game in the last one against the celtics but uh, this is a different story against a, a just a defenseless wizards team 55.5 dk points 67.25 DK, dk points were the ones that he posted right before that previous stud um and the thing is he doesn't even really need to have a shot falling to hit it because he was shot 415 in that 55.5 game but he got four steals two blocks seven assists 14 boards um just doing everything for the raptors the ball is in his hands an awful lot to for him to create. So I, uh, you know, I love this play. I think um, you know Scotty Barnes against this lowly Wizards team is probably going to be pretty highly owned, but I do want some uh, some shares of that for sure. Another guy I'm going to put throw out there that's probably not as uh, chalky or as as popular a play is Grady Dick at 3,300. Uh, if we are projecting this as a complete blowout, where you know the bench is going to get in, he did get 15 minutes in the last game, but um 
what's going to happen is, uh, you know, if he ends up getting 20 to 25 minutes, uh, I do like this kid's ability to, um, you know, shoot the basketball. I do think he brings a lot to the table. Obviously, with Gary Trent Jr., if he's in, um, probably not going to end up on any Grady Dick. But uh, if he is out, I think Grady Dick could be in order here. Even if we only get 15 minutes, he's only, uh, what, 35, 3,300. Um, so he doesn't need to produce a whole heck of a lot to hit value for us there. He had a couple of games early in the season against Philly and Portland uh, where he got like 20 to 20, you know, five minutes, 28 minutes and, and hit some value for us there. So, so I'm hoping for, I had to look up this guy's name because on the other side, I only have interest in one guy and I was just doing this while I was talking, trying to make sure I'm not going to pr- mispronounce it because I'm sure I will. Uh, Bilal Kulibala, Kulibale, Kulibali, sorry. Kulibali, Kulibali. Bilal Kulibali. Okay. I believe I said that correctly, and I was dreading the day when I would have to actually say that on the podcast, because I know I probably screwed it up. If I did, go ahead, drop me a comment, let me know how I did it wrong. Uh, but I did just look at the phonetic spelling, so I'm pretty sure I got it at least somewhat right. Um, but yeah, this guy, this kid, uh, you know, had a big game just now. Um, probably going to be over-rostered at this point. The roster, you know, percentage is probably going to be through the roof, but he's only 3900 His price actually dropped by 300 between the last slate and this slate, and uh, they really have all the incentive in the world uh, to get this kid some minutes. Um, and obviously, you know, in this one, this last one, he got some extra minutes with Daniel Gafford going down. But the bigger thing here that's sticking out to me is that Delon Wright is out, and he's going to be out for the next uh, four to six weeks. And um, Kalibali, uh, pardon me, is going to probably step into that role because he does fit his the way that he plays and the defense that he plays. Uh, and kind of the uh, two-way position that he plays off the bench is very similar to uh, DeLon Wright. So I think that's the minutes that we're looking at to kind of have circled for this kid to slot in. I'm not expecting as big of a game from him, but he does need to have a huge game to hit value at 3,900 on a four-game slate. He only needs to get us maybe about 20 to 25 DK points, and everything's going to be totally just totally fine. Uh, 34 minutes in the last one. He had 30 minutes a couple of games before that against Charlotte, and 20 minutes in between. Uh, also against Charlotte, but, uh, you know, as long as he's getting somewhere in that, uh, hopefully not 20, hopefully more like 25 plus, 28 plus, preferably, as long as he's going to get minutes in that range, I think we can go ahead and, and play this kid at that price tag, and uh, he's he's basically locked for me, um, you know, unless I get some news that he won't be playing or something like that, um, you know, they'll be resting him, I, I don't know, I don't think that's the case, uh, I think they're going to try to get him out there and play him. And that's really the only person I have. I, I think, you know, in a tournament, a large field tournament, you can look at some Jordan Poole because um, I do think that's very uh, contrarian. No one's going to play Jordan Poole against Toronto Raptors. Um, Jordan Poole's been garbage this season, but he does have an ability to drop like 40 life points. I mean, it can definitely happen at any given night. So I do like him as a little bit of a hit or miss large field GPP play. All right, my Chicago Bulls uh, coming off a win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, kind of an interesting one here. We have an eight-point spread in favor of the Bucks. Don't disagree with that. Even as a Bulls fan, 229 is the total. Seemed kind of high at first, but then as I thought about it a little bit more, I mean, the the uh, Bucks really have been struggling on the defensive side. So, um, you know, that is something to kind of be wary of here. Uh, I'm All the 
main guys on the Bulls are, are too priced up at this point that I just don't want to really roster any of them. DeRozan had a nice game in the last one, but he still didn't reach a really high ceiling, just 40.75 DK points. I just don't know if that ceiling is there uh, for him anymore. I mean, he had 19 shot attempts, but he hit 11 of them. Um, you know, you're looking at a ceiling game kind of right there. I, I really don't, I don't see him hitting those. I mean, he hit 52 earlier in the season, I guess, in that second game of the season, but I really don't see him hitting that often because um, of the other guy I want to play, which is Kobe White at 5,400. Uh, I do want to play Kobe White against this uh, defense that's been giving up a lot of points. And he's the reason that DeMar DeRozan's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say taking a backseat. DeMar's definitely taking more shot attempts than than Kobe. Um, but Kobe's been taking shot attempts from DeMar. And, you know, he slid into the lineup in place of guys like a Caruso and Patrick Williams, who were starting last season. So, you know, you just don't have that same ceiling with DeMar. I just, I, I would caution you against playing DeMar pretty much any time right now until his price tag kind of falls or it's like a really small slate. This is a four-game slate. I'm still not even really considering playing him. Um, Nikola Vucevic, 7,600. It's not a, not a great matchup, and um, I, I don't like it. Uh, Zach Levine hasn't had that big game yet. You know, at some point he's going to, well, he, actually, I'm sorry, the third game he had that big game. That's right, 51 points, uh, career high. Um, but outside of that, he's been pretty meh. So 7,800 is not something I'm willing to spend there. Andre Drummond's 4,700. Uh, I know he put up a big line in very limited minutes, but the minutes are just not there. 15 minutes max. And if you want to take a dice roll on that guy, go for it, I guess. Caruso is questionable here. Uh, I'm going to say he's questionable. He was ruled out of Sunday's game kind of last minute. Um, it's a back-to-back, so maybe they just held him out and they're going to play him here. I don't know. Uh, what we did see is we did see Ayo Desunmu step into some pretty decent minutes. Uh, I don't think the ceiling is incredibly high with Ayo, but he is only 3,400. And I would probably play him over a Grady Dick if I knew for sure that Alex Crusoe was going to be out. They both play that kind of shooting guard small forward position there. And um, so it's kind of, uh, you know, one's 3,400, the other one's 3,300. So it's kind of apples to apples there. Uh, so I, I would think I would play some IO there, um, and, and you know I'll take the uh, guaranteed uh, twenty to twenty-two DK points as opposed to uh, you know uh, the possible twenty to twenty-two DK points I get from Grady Dick. So so automatically there I can uh, I kind of just ruled myself out and said okay well I'm just not gonna play uh, Grady Dick probably, but I do think uh, Dick is still a very nice. Uh, pivot off of uh, guys like that so there you go uh i would assume though 3400 definitely in my player pool going over to the milwaukee side i think you can play either of these stars and it'd be fine Giannis or damian willard i didn't land on them myself um but they're i mean there's just a little bit priced up <clears throat> compared to some other guys like i'd rather play a scotty barnes over a dame willard those are guys are similarly priced 9000 versus 9200 i think the production from barnes is more stable at this point because Toronto really needs him to score, whereas Giannis or Dame can either go off and they're totally fine. And really, honestly, they've been splitting up the work to the point where neither of them has really been super worth it, except for uh, Giannis, obviously, when Dame Willard was out. Um, and that, and honestly, Giannis is probably the guy I'd gravitate more towards anyways, and he's 11-1. Uh, and I just... I just don't see myself going up to, that, to spend that on him on a four-game slate here, um, you know. It's a possibility the Bulls lie down early and then the Bucks probably don't get a full allotment of minutes. Or if the Bulls do play well, they've been playing pretty good defense this season. So, 
if they do play well, um, I think Milwaukee's probably struggling if they're sticking in the game here. So I just, I, I don't want to do it. It's just not something I want to do. But I get it if you want to play them. It's not a problem. Uh, no one else on this Milwaukee team really matters, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in Bochamp uh, in Dynasty to see where his role grows into, but he's just not doing enough right now to earn our attention at DFS. And that's kind of it. That's where my my uh, interest stops. Middleton's not getting consistent minutes. Um, his minutes have been super down. And if you're going to get 20 to 21 minutes max, then I, I just can't roster you at 5,900. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 5,600. I mean, it's fine. He hasn't really had great games either. We did see him go off last season when Giannis did sit, which, you know, if that does happen again, Maybe he's in my player pool at that point. Um, Bobby Porta, same same kind of issue. You know, um, Giannis and, and Dame are going to get all the usage here. So I just don't see the upside with those guys. So, I, you know, that's it for, for the uh, box if you want to play the Stars. I think that's where you go and that's where you gravitate towards. All right, probably my favorite play, favorite game on the slate here is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sacramento Kings. I just want to go ahead and point out the NBA Fantasy Pass is live, $6 a month. You guys go get the fantasy tools uh, that we use for daily projections and rest of season projections and head-to-head matchup tools and all this good stuff on top of daily content uh, you know telling you who to stream who to pick up after they have a big night all that good stuff so six dollars a month you cannot beat it it's sports ethos the best minds in the biz cleveland cavaliers at sacramento kings let's see we do have a 2.5 spread here in favor of the Cavs, which is fair. I, I don't mind that at all. The Cavs uh, just got a really nice win. Um, the Kings are still, still going to be without De'Aaron Fox here. So, you know, they should be underdogs most likely. 224 is that game total. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, look, if we're not going to get um, De'Aaron Fox, that means I'm going to the same guys I've been playing this whole time. Um, so that's going to be, uh, you know, Malik Monk at 6,000 and Kevin Horder at 5,900. I mean, th- these guys have been on my radar since they were in the low 5,000s and on a four game slate, they're still on my radar when they're, you know, bordering on 6,000. Um, so I really do think, you know, these guys are still solid plays. Uh, I don't think they're priced out of our player pools at all yet. Uh, Keegan Murray, I'll throw in there as well at 6,400. Those guys are carry, all carrying the offensive load without uh, De'Aaron Fox. You know, um, Sabonis at 10 1. Uh, I'm not as high on him, honestly. I've got him in this initial lineup, but I'm going to try to get him out um, for somebody else, like a, like a Jason Tatum or something like that, just because I, I just feel like, um, you know, Sabonis isn't, he's been stepping up, no doubt, um, but it's a tough matchup. With the Cleveland Cavaliers. And with all that size and strength, I just makes me a little uncomfortable. So, you know, obviously near 60 DK points, uh, two games in a row, I think he will be pretty decently owned. Um, but for me, I'm just going to try to go a different direction. So that's that's kind of where I'll leave it. Um, but I do think, you know, when you're talking about uh, the Kings, those guys are definitely all within the realm of possibility. Um, I like all those plays and, um, you know, 
no one else. I mean, well, one one guy did stick out to me a little bit. Uh, it's Keon Ellis at thirty nine hundred. He did just see thirty minutes in that last game. If we can guarantee again, kind of the same situation with uh, Kalibli and Ayodusumu. You know, if we can guarantee minutes for these guys, I mean, obviously at their their really minuscule price tags, uh, they're going to be a smash play. But I think one of those guys probably does go off. Um, so he's one of those guys I am eyeing as a salary saver. Uh, no Darren Fox again. No Trey Lyles again, probably. So he should have some minutes, a uh, path to minutes there available to him. And, um, you know, he does bring some uh, defensive element to their team. So Keon Ellis uh, is definitely someone I am eyeing as well. On the Cleveland side, uh, yeah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, definitely. Uh, definitely think you can go with him there. Um, Garland got priced up after that 6900 price tag. He had a nice game. Probably not going there. Max Struess did stick out to me a little bit at 5,700. Um, just his ability to shoot threes. He does have a ceiling there. But Karis LeVert is the one that's really been on a tear. Uh, he's 6,700 on DK. I believe on FanDuel he's actually really um, priced in a way that you can get him into a lot of lineups. So I, I like him more on FanDuel. But uh, still has to be on your radar here against the Sacramento Kings. And uh, been doing a lot, you know, assists and, and points and threes. Uh, steals. He's been putting up defensive sacks like crazy. So, you know, he's a guy that you have to, I think, you can't cross him out of your player pool. So, um, but that's going to do it for us, guys. That is it. That is your little four game slate there for uh, Monday. Happy Monday. You made it to another week. Uh, have have a great one, everybody. Have a great week. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at EthosKeith. And uh, yeah, do like and subscribe wherever you're listening to the show. Hopefully we can have some better luck this time with our picks than we had last time. Until next time, go get that money.